Welcome, everybody, to the next episode of Chiefs Focus First and 10. You are here with JP and Caleb on a lovely week, waiting for this great matchup between the Chiefs and the Browns. What's up, brother? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? You know what? I'm excited as can be right now. I know it doesn't sound like it, but I am. I am ready for this game. I agree with you, man. I can't wait. Chiefs Kingdom is back, and it's time to take that running back tour. Literally, it's time for the That's Chiefs right. to win it all again. That's right. That is exactly right, man. I mean, we, there's been a lot of chatter across Twitter about the game and, you know, different things that have, you know, people are saying. And one of the things I would like to bring up is, and maybe you, you know, probably as well, I should say, you know, the whole Kareem Hunt thing with his comment about being next week being personal. You know, he's going to have his reasons for saying it's personal. I mean, the fans didn't do anything to him, and he kind of did it to himself to a degree in Clark Hunt's eyes. But there's no reason to get mad at him. You know, he's hyped up. I don't blame him. He's in a playoff game with a team that hasn't been in the playoffs since 94. So, or won a playoff game since 94, I guess I should say. So, and by the way, did you know that they're the only team in the NFL history that has never won or went to a Super Bowl? I did not know that. Yeah. I did not. That's crazy. Yep, little Alex Trebek trivia. Rest in peace, my man. But yeah, they're the only only team. But anyway, you know, everybody's got to give him a little bit of slack because, you know, again, he was scared. And when he when things happened and it went down the way it did, yeah, he made mistakes. But he's, he's made up for those mistakes. And he's happy. So I'm happy for him that he is happy. And if he, you know, if he wants to pump himself up in that direction, a lot of people have different ways of pumping themselves up for the next game. And that's just his way of doing it. Well, the it's way that I saw it is because it was just emotions. I mean, you saw what the Browns were able to do. They annihilated, and I mean annihilated, the Steelers. Yeah. In their home. And the Browns have never been able to beat the Steelers at their home for the last, I think, 15 years. It's been really, really bad for them. Yeah. And, of course, during all the hostilities, he's going to say stuff like that. I, I know... As a, I know that's going to happen because the emotions are running high. They're all happy because they just beat Juju in the TikTok dance team, Corvette Corvette. Yeah. <laughs> and they were able to show they're here to stay and they're not going to run away. Now, when it comes to that comment, I understand because Cream Hunt, if this is an old team, that he honestly should be, well, in the way his eyes, he should be looking for his third ring right now. Yeah. But circumstance happened, things we didn't wish happened happened, and he's on the Browns now. But I wish him all the best of luck. I know he's gonna have a. I know he's gonna try to run hard and crazy against the Chiefs. All I'm gonna say is this: <clears throat> if any of you fans remember Alex Smith last year, 2017, Jamal Charles stated in the offseason, "I always was a Broncos fan." He ended up coming to Arrowhead. Marcus Peters ripped the ball from him and ran it for a touchdown. I'm not saying the same thing could ha- would happen because Cream Hunt doesn't fumble, but we can see an instance where the defense is not going to let him get many yards. And if they yeah. do, he's not going to get – he's going to have to work for every single one. Yeah. He's not going to – I don't believe, unless it's goal line stances, I don't see him scoring massive touchdowns on us. I don't see him scoring two. He may. I mean, but it's going to be hard and – I know that our defense is pumped up. Plus, we brought back again. We've got Mike Dana back, you know, activated. Yes. And um, and Hitchens. And Hitchens. And that right there, I don't think anybody understands how valuable those two players are. They don't. 
And that's going to make a world of difference in how this run deep pans out during the rest of this, you know, the three games we got left, which I'm including the Super Bowl, and how it's going to impact the way offenses play against us. You know, they're not going to be... We have been injured, COVID, injured, COVID, missing players, offensive, defensive. It's been a rough ride for us, and we still went 14-2. and And really... I mean, if our starters would have played, it could have been easily 15 and one. Yeah, but you're not wrong. Uh, you know, it's it's it is what it is, and I don't blame the man for being hyped up. He is. He's going to be hyped up. I'm glad he is. Uh, you're not I wrong, man. Okay, oh, sorry. He come no, and I hope he comes into Arrowhead, and you know, he gets an actual standing ovation from the fans that will be there. I'm sure he's going to see his friends that he remembers. And I don't think there's any bad blood. I really don't. I mean, he had an opportunity to really come back to us, and he he made a decision to go a different direction, and that's his choice. But, hey, from this point on, it is what it is. He's no longer a chief. He's with the Browns. They won a playoff game. They're going to be hyped, but they're not ready to play us, man. I'm sorry, but they're not. I guarantee you they're not ready to play us. I heard you saying, man, but you got to take a week by week. We can't overlook the Browns. We oh, I'm not overlooking overlook them. the Browns. And I know you're not, not saying that. I'm saying the Soul Chiefs kingdom. Because oh, I've yeah. seen a lot of people on Twitter saying, oh, this is going to be a blowout. No, 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 no. You guys need to make sure, as I stated since week one to week 17 to now, take every Chiefs game and just let it happen. Yeah. Don't be predicting, oh, the future, the future, the future. And when you start doing that, you're going to start basically creating a narrative, oh, we can beat this team. When what needs to happen is that they need to handle business with take care of business with that team and show what they got instead of looking ahead. When you look ahead, you end up seeing what happened to the Baltimore Ravens last year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's one of those things that you I look at this game because it's the next game. I can see us to be honest with you, if they play the way they normally play in the playoffs with their intensity, as long as they, I mean, I don't even care if they're down by 10 at some point, which I don't see that happening, but they're going to come back and win this game. If they're down, I don't see that happening. I don't see them being down really at any point during this game, but that's my opinion. I think, you know, right now, Andy Reid is seven and zero against the Browns. I don't know if anybody knows that either, but he's seven and zero against the Browns. Dang, seven and zero is pretty nice. That's yes. pretty nice. And you got to remember he's seven and zero against the Browns. Other than one game with Mahomes, which I believe we played them one game with Mahomes. All those, the other six were with absolutely no one compared to Mahomes. No one compared to Tyreek Hill or anyone else for that matter. No, no other team he has had has been as explosive as the Kansas City Chiefs right now and how they have been since really 2018. No other team he has ever coached has been this explosive. I don't see them coming in to Arrowhead and being able to just do whatever they think they want to do. It's just, I mean, do I think they have the opportunity? I mean, any given week, somebody can win a game. But when it comes to the playoffs and you're not a playoff team, and when I say that, I mean that in the most respectful way, you're just not ready for the playoffs. You haven't been in them. And really, they haven't played. I mean, they played the Steelers, and yeah, they beat the Steelers. But you got to remember, the Steelers were a fraud team the entire year. I've been saying oh. this for a long time. 
And you've been saying it for a long time. Well, the series shows us when you have a cupcake schedule and not a complete team, you're just going to go out there and lay an egg if you're not exactly careful. And that's what they did. Yeah. And I did hear today that Roethlisberger is probably done. So, in fact, what I heard was is that Drew Brees, Roethlisberger is most like both of those guys are most likely done after this season. Win or lose, I mean, Roethlisberger's already, you know, out, but Breeze, whether he wins or loses, I think he's out. He's done. I think he's retiring. Um, okay. He's 41 years old, soon to be 42, and I just don't see it. In fact, I think he turns 42 this week, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where I think he's just out, and I looked at the, they call them old timers, you know, the guys that have been in the league forever, and, you know, the guys that are over... The, it, this is the first time also, so you guys know, that you've had four of the teams that are in the playoffs right now are guys 37 and older. That's, you know, that have been in the playoffs this year. Well, you we got, got a new Ross's wave. Order. You got a new wave coming in. You got the new guys coming in. Mahomes, Rockwood, sorry, got Mahomes, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I mean, we're in a new age, man. We get to yeah. see finally how these quarterbacks are going to play. Exactly, And I can't wait to see what they're going to do because they're the new era. They're the faces. This makes this, this makes the NFL league so much more exciting compared to what it's been over the last 20 years, especially because it was so one-sided for 20 years. And this makes it so much more of a challenge. And it's nice to be able to say that, you know what? I didn't play a cupcake schedule all season long and I still went 14 and two. I didn't have all of my offensive line, still went 14-2. and two. Had some injured receivers, some injured defensive players, COVID list, still went 14-2. and two. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a good feeling to know that we have a team that's able to go the distance with whoever's out there. And we're just in a great position, man. I don't know. I'm just excited as can be. I really am. I mean, this. I, I still say it's going to be the Green Bay Packers and us. That's who I see the the the, the Super Bowl being. I don't know, man. Um, looking at that Rams Packers game, the Rams have a low key good defense. I think Jalen Ramsey might be able to shut down Devontae Adams. Yeah. he's been able to do it to a lot of the good receivers this year. They're they ranked number one right now, so mm-hmm. I mean, they are ranked number one in in defense, so. But I don't know, man. Aaron Rodgers is on a mission this year, and I think, you know, he's getting close to the end of his career as well, and I just got a feeling he's going to be able to, to handle this and handle it well. Jo- I'm sorry, but Jared Goff is not a good quarterback. He's just not. And it's going to take that, – that game right there is going to be Rams defense being able to handle the offense of Green Bay because I think Green Bay's defense is going to be able to handle Jared Goff. I just do. He's just not that great. He's, he was so off target when he came in for um, what that that backup quarterback that was, you know, got injured and ended up mm-hmm. in the hospital. I hope he's okay. But uh, he looked terrible. He just looked bad. He everything was off target. Everything was off mark. It was just not good. Uh, I don't know any other way of saying it. He's well, just not we'll he's a system quarterback. You know, I mean, he just uh-huh. is what he is. I hear so. you, man. I hear you. We'll see what's gonna happen. But this Sunday, 2.05 p.m., we have the Chiefs playing the Cleveland Browns in the division around the playoffs, man. What are your thoughts moving to this game so far? Well, 
I still see. I, I mean, I threw out my prediction. I think I said, what did I say, 35 17? Mm-hmm. I, I still believe it's going to be in that range. I don't see the Browns scoring more than 17 points on us, maybe less. But uh, I still I, I still stick with that. I see Mahomes minimum of four touchdowns. Okay. And honestly, I see Bell stepping in and playing well, and I know Daryl Williams is going to be involved. And I think you might see a little bit of Thompson. What about Clyde? I don't know if Clyde's going to be able to make it back, man. Hmm. I just well. don't know right now. So it's been um, it's been a rough ride for him. Those two injuries are not easy to get over. And, oh, I bet they you know rolled him and then twisted his leg. Yeah, um, pretty bad. So, I mean, hopefully he's back for the AFC Championship game, but uh, I don't know if he'll be back this week. Right now, okay. so far, I haven't heard anything about him as far as even practicing. Well, we'll see the injury report and stuff tomorrow, so we'll get a better indicator then. But you are, you aren't wrong. It's yeah. possible he can't. But yeah, Thompson showed us something. He did. He did show us in that last game, which I knew he could do. He yep. can eat. Thompson can eat when need, he can. need be. He can. I mean, people, you know, I even did it myself, you know, I mean, given the fact that he didn't get a lot of playtime and then when he did, he fumbled the ball or he'd miss a catch or he couldn't get out of the backfield or whatever. And it was like, damn, man, is this kid really not going to be able to make it? But he kind of proved something to us, you know, that he's he's hungry. And I yes, think he, he also is. knows a little bit, too, that maybe he probably hasn't a, a, a good chance that he may not be here next year. So he wants to prove something so he can get signed by somebody else. And I understand that, you know? I think so, he should be here next year, to be honest. Yeah, well, I don't know how he it's going to work another out. another level intensity. He does. I just don't know how it's going to work out when you got Damien that's still sitting there. We don't know what's going to happen with him yet. And you still got Bell on the roster, and we don't know what's going to happen with him yet. And you still, you know, you got Clyde, which is Clyde. I mean, it, it, you can't keep five running backs, six running backs. It's just kind of... You know, you just don't want to do that. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's going to be a we'll, – we'll find out what happens with those guys, you know, in the off season, But And it may happen right afterwards. You know, there's like – hell, this is – that one guy for the Colts, he got cut as, as soon as the Col- as soon as the game was over, and now he's playing for um, – Packers. For <laughs> Packers. Yeah. First so, he's going to be in two different playoff games from two different teams in one year. So – you know, one playoff to in, in one playoff ses- setup. So it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting, man. I mean, it's gonna yeah, be. Man, I agree with you. Times. I think the Chiefs. I think I said they end up winning somewhere in the realm of like thirty-two to twenty-two or thirty-two to twenty-one. Yeah. I believe Baker and them are going to score, but I think the defense, for the most part, is gonna keep them in check. But what I'm curious to look at is our rookies playing in that game. We're talking about we're talking about Legere Sneed, uh, Bo P. Keys. Um, Mike Dana, Willie Gay. I mean, we have a lot of rookies who are who are on this team that are probably gonna get some good playing time. So I like to see how they're gonna do because this well, is a good Bo, test. Didn't didn't Bo Pete get waived? I don't think he did. Did he? I thought he got waived. Oh, I'm not sure. Well, if he did, oh, okay. Well, yeah, I think I'm not. I'm sure, not maybe wrong, but I thought he did. I may be wrong, but I kind of thought. No, actually, you know, it wasn't him. It was, uh, was Ricky, Ricky Seals Jones. Yeah, it was Ricky yeah, Seals so. that got waived. So I don't know, man. It's it's gonna be a it's gonna be fun. I mean, it's gonna be a fun game. I think that you know, given the fact that the, the Cleveland doesn't have the greatest defense, and to be honest, I mean their offense is okay, but it's not phenomenal. Um, 
they've got great players. They just don't have. I guess they don't. They're not gelling. They're not a complete team. They're not all the injuries they have right now. Exactly. So I mean, it's they're just not gelling the way they should be, and I don't know how it's going to play out. But uh, you know, as far as them going forward, they may get better. They may get worse. I don't know. They put, you know, they got John Dorsey money out there that they're going to have to start paying pretty quick. And I don't know how they're going to be able to do that and keep everybody they have. So we'll just have to see how it works out for them. Because they, you know, they spent the wad on everything. And well, again, yeah. you know how John Dorsey does the contracts. Let's get them all paid in, in, at the, in the same year and bury the team. So they have to either release them or do something with them. So. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, man, I'm kind of curious to see what's going to happen with that because... You have John Dorsey's two teams going against it in a way he kind of helped build. So I'm kind of curious to see who's going to win. I believe it's going to be the Chiefs. But I'm kind of curious to see what will happen during this game because of yeah. all the stuff that's ha- been happening recently. So Yeah. But it'll be interesting, man, for sure. But nah, you I, know give John you- credit. I give John Dorsey no credit for this team. I give it all to Brett Beach. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, that's fair. I mean, he did draft a lot of the players. He did. He did. Bang so the door down. Yeah, that's just no, I hear you. You know. But did you know today is the one-year anniversary that the Chiefs came back 24 nothing in the divisional round against the Texans and came back and won? Yeah, man, that's awesome. What were your thoughts on that game? Let, let's share that. What were your thoughts on that game? Like, I got to tell you what, man. When we were down at halftime, I'm thinking, well, either one or two things are going to happen. Either Mahomes is going to come out and we're going to lose by three. Or he's going to come out and just blow everybody out of the water, which he did. I wasn't scared. And I know this sounds weird, but this was the first time in years that I haven't been scared when we were down by 20 points, 24 points. And I wasn't scared. And I think my tweets are still up there. I said, everybody calm down. Mahomes will get it taken care of. Mm -hmm. Everything's going to be just fine. And he did. You know, he did that three straight games, including the Super Bowl. So... I don't, I don't worry about it as much as I, I really, I don't worry about it at all. I just don't. It's not like I sit there and I'm on pins and needles anymore. Like I used to be because you just never know what's going to happen. But now it's like, man, this kid, I call him a kid. He's 25, but he's got so much talent and he's got, he's got everybody that rallied around him. And I'll tell you something. And I don't know if you saw this, but I had a guy on Twitter. It was actually comical. He thought he knew everything about college ball and how Mahomes and Baker played. And he says, well, you know, I think Baker's a better leader, but Mahomes is more talented. I watched both of them in college. Mm. Okay. First of all, number one, Mahomes is the epitome of a better leader. For You don't have Mahomes telling people, oh, well, go back to Texas because I don't like him. You don't have mm-hmm. the turmoil that went on in that locker room the first two years. If Baker was a leader, it would have started day one, not two and a half, three years later. So that's number one. So when it comes to talent, yeah, Mahomes hands down is more talented. But leadership, Mahomes has the entire team that rallied around him. No quarterback can actually say at this point, I got offense, defense, and special teams that actually give a shit about me. And if I have a bad game or if I'm not playing my best, they're going to step up and help me because I have worked hard enough to give gain these guys respect. 
And the guy he posted, well, it's not about being liked; it's about being a leader. And I said, it has not. I said, never did I say like. It's about having respect, and they all have respect for this man. He has done something that no one else has done, and did it with class. Baker had no class his first two years, none. Well, he got humbled pretty easily. Yeah, he did. And now I got a feeling with this playoff win that he's got this chip on his shoulder. And I hope he doesn't come out with that same thing because if he does, it's going to be worse on him mm-hmm. when we do beat him. Yeah. But regardless, Mahomes is the ultimate leader and is the ultimate quarterback right now. I don't yeah. know of anybody that can say, other than Aaron Rodgers, which had a phenomenal year, that can say, hey, you know what? My team cares about me. My entire team, not just my offense, not just my wide receivers, not just, you know, my line, my defense cares about me. My special teams cares about me. He goes and talks to those guys. It's no offensive player goes into a defensive room and sit or quarterback and goes in there and talks to him. Usually it's relationships. Yeah. And that's what it takes to be a leader. You form relationships. You get these guys to respect you. You get them to believe in you. And when they buy into it, they, they buy into it hard. And everybody has, from Tyron Matthew to Chris Jones to Frank Clark to all the offensive line, and everybody on special teams has bought into Mahomes' game. And that's just what it is. So, I, I, I don't know. We're, we're, we're lucky. We're, we are blessed. Oh, blessed. I agree, man. The one thing I took from that game, and I tweeted that today, it showed Chiefs fans never give up. Never give up. I don't care how hard it is in life. Because that game just showed you the odds were against the Chiefs. 24-0 with 10-26 left in the sec- first, sorry, first half. Yeah. Well, Cole comes out there, runs that kick like 40 yards. Yeah. Mahomes, you know, next play, throws a beautiful like 20-yard catch and run. Sorry, pass. And Kelsey ran about 20 yards. Dude, that lit the fire. And then next thing you know, man... Bomb, bomb, bomb. I yeah. mean, they were just destroying them. He Mahomes threw four touchdown passes in one quarter. One quarter. That just showed you how great he is. And Kelsey, he showed me right there that kill Kelsey debate is no more compared to what he what he did. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you right now, Kelsey completely destroyed the competition. Now I'm gonna give some props to a player that no one has really talked about that game that helped the Chiefs. Sammy Watkins. Oh God, he during was that huge. game. Sammy was able to be the X factor in certain cases. He was able to catch the ball whenever the Texans really weren't looking for him, and he did it. He became a real, he helped us so much during the playoffs. So I know moving to this next game, Sammy Watkins has to help out to his greatest book. Because I'm telling you right now, I don't think I don't know if the Browns really think about Sammy. They're thinking about Tyreek Hill. They're thinking about Travis. Yeah. They're not. They may be thinking about McCole, but man, remember, Sammy, Sammy hasn't played in a couple and like was it two weeks? I think. So I'm just telling you, man. That just taught us to never give up, and we got yeah. some dogs on this team. That's gonna help. We do, man. We do. And these guys, once they get into that zone, they're not coming out of it. And the, and the good thing about it is, I guess the greatest thing about it is, is that you know you you always talk about Philip Rivers, you talk about Lamar Jackson. Um, when they're down by 10, they're down by 20, they're down by 21, whatever it is. They've never come back from that kind of a deficit. They said it with Pittsburgh. It was great. Ben Roethlisberger had never come back from a, I think it was a 14-point deficit in a playoff game, and he didn't. 
But Mahomes can. This team can. This team has proven time and time again that they can come back from 20 points down, 24 points down, mm-hmm. and win the game. And and they win by 20. That's the difference. They don't come back and win by three. They come back and win by 20. That That's phenomenal. I mean, that's... I don't even know. I don't even have words for that. They it's, blew them out, and that just showed you how much the team can flip a switch. Yeah. So that's why when we looked at the Chiefs game this year, I really wasn't worried when we were down like ten to three. Sorry, what? No, what was it? It was like seven. I forgot. It was ten to three or seventeen to three against the Chargers. Stuff like that. I wasn't really worried because yeah. I knew they come back against the Falcons. I mean, they could come back. So hey, man, went for a good spot. I have to say, they have to Chiefs have to come out. That be hitting on all cylinders and do not give anything. This okay. is the game. This is the game that Frank Clark and Chris Jones silence all the haters. People saying during this during the year they've made all this money. You haven't done much. I'm telling you right now, they're ready. I'm tired they have of hearing to that show shit. Show up and show out. I this am is so time. tired of it's hearing especially, that shit. It's, yes, sorry, I'll let you go. Especially against. A Cleveland Browns offensive line that is decimated with injuries. They have to, I mean, they have to get to Baker and force him to make bad decisions and sack him. Yeah, 100%. And I'm tired of hearing it, dude. I'm sick of it. People don't understand our defensive scheme. We are not set up like we were before. We're not set up to have two guys with 15 sacks. I'm going to say this for the last time. We're set up for three or four guys to have five to seven sacks. That's how this defensive scheme is set up. There's a huge difference between a 3-4 and a 4-3. And if you don't understand it, look it up, find a book, read it on the internet. Somebody else explain it to you. That's what I told everybody when we signed Spags. I, I said, this is going to be a different defense. And everybody kept arguing with me. Oh, God. Oh, God. It Look, it's been proven time and time again. This style of defense is designed to have more than two guys that are sack masters. You see, Sneed's got a sack. I think uh, uh, Tyron's got a sack. Mm-hmm. There's different guys all over the field that have sacks. It's not just... The wolf gets spread around. It's not in two players like it was exactly. last a couple, exactly. few, couple years ago. Exactly. This is a completely different defense. Yeah. And, it, and it's taken a little time for them guys to get used to it. And, of course, they've had some injuries, and that hurt them, you know, with... with uh, with um, Thornhill getting hurt last year and, you know, Snead getting hurt this year. And it's like one person after another, you know, Charvarius Ward was injured, broke his hand. So it's, you know, you've had some injuries. Chris Jones had a groin injury again this year. Mm-hmm. So, and Frank has never not been a hundred. He's, he's played a hundred percent in my opinion. He's not a hundred percent, but he plays it. Oh no! So it is what it is, man. I mean, Everybody needs to chill out and realize that this defense is set up. This is the way it's supposed to be. That's how they're not worried. I know that these guys are going to come up and play (laughs) once they get to Arrowhead. Once they start hearing that tomahawk chalk and hearing the music and seeing the fans, I mean, they're going to be happy. They're going to be happy because this is the time that I know they're going to show up, show out, kick butt, and take names. Yep. This is about the time Frank Clark last year was starting to do his thing too. So it's going to be a good time. I yeah. can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be fun, man. I mean, it's going to be an energetic game. The energy level is going to be out off the charts. I don't know what the weather's supposed to be like yet. I haven't heard, but um, you know, it's 
I, honestly, I hope it kind of snows. Mahomes does very well in the snows. We've seen twice. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's going to be a high of 44 and a low 27 Sunday right now. That's what it's perfect saying. Football so we'll weather, see. Really. Yeah. Perfect football weather. So yeah. I'm not worried, man. Yeah. I'm not worried whatsoever. Cause that temperature on the field's always about 20 degrees hotter than it is, you know, in the stands. So I, I learned that the hard way, but, um, and the, I, I learned both directions, how cold it can be down there and how hot it can be. You know, oh, it, yes, man. You know, it's that's, weird. that's most definite. Def, that's yeah. definite. If it's 15 degrees outside or, you know, whatever, then there, honestly, there's no changing it. I mean, it's 15 degrees, so it's 25. There's not a whole lot of difference between 15 and 25. I'm sorry, but it's just not. But when you're down there and you're, you know, it's 44 degrees and you might as well figure it feels like 54 to 64 degrees. When you're in completely padded and the field's always warmer anyway, especially at Arrowhead, so the way it's designed. And I don't know, man. It's going to be a really good game with a lot of fun and a lot of tenacity, and it's going to be it's going to be a blast, man. It's going to I be a blast. You, man. I can't wait. Is there any specific matchups that you're possibly looking at for the, at this game? I want to see what I'm. I'm trying to think of their um, cornerback. Uh, their their star cornerback, Denzel Ward. Yeah, I'd like to see his who they're going to match him up with, or who they're going to try mm-hmm. to get him to cover. I say Tyreek. Yeah, it's probably going to be Tyreek, but I don't think he's going to be able to do it. And I, I mean, they do have a rookie that's out there too, a rookie CB that um, played last week, and I know Ben threw on him a couple times, and he, you know, he, the few times that Ben got some, you know, some passes out mm-hmm. that were accurate, and he got burned, but. Um, you know, we're not playing, you know, they're not playing Big Ben and the Steelers. So, well, I'd like to see that matchup. I want to see who they're going to put up against our wide receivers. That's the biggest thing. Who they're going to put up against Travis Kelsey. I mean, you can't cover everybody on this team. You just you can't. can't. So, there's someone open. And they know it. They know it. And they know they can't. Look, if Mahomes does his normal Mahomes game and plays his normal game, and rolls out of that pocket, they're screwed. Because these wide receivers already know if they see their quarterback in trouble, they're going to come back to him. They're going to get an opening, and they're going to come back for him. I mean, I I watched Sammy in one game last year. I love Sammy. And I watched him in a game last year. He was on the left hash mark and saw Mahomes scrambling to the right, and he basically stopped. And the corner stopped. And then all at once, he just jetted across field and caught this ball. And Mahomes threw it as he's going down on the sidelines, almost out of bounds. And Sammy just snagged that ball. Mm. So these wide receivers know when to be open. They know what to do. They watch Mahomes' feet, and they watch what he's doing. And if he's scrambling, they're going to get open for him. And that's something the the Browns have to contend with. And whoever we play in the AFC Championship game, so it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun, man. It's gonna be fun. Oh, I agree with you, dude. I I can't wait to see what's gonna happen. And I know who's your who, who are you looking for? <clears throat> what are you? I'm matchups? honestly looking at the Chiefs defensive line versus the Cleveland Browns offensive line. I want all the doubters to be quiet finally because yeah. I know that and I have faith that Frank Clark and them can do what they need to do in order to get to. Baker Mayfield. When they can do that, this game will change completely. Oh, yeah. So I can't wait to see what's going to happen. 
Yep, it's going to be huge. Yeah, man. And also another thing, I'm kind of curious to see how Ty Matthews to play, too. Yeah. Because I know he likes to talk a lot. I know he's going to help lead this defense, too. And I'm going to add one more to the rookie class. How will they play as well? The rookie class, they've got some pretty good playing time this year. I'm curious to see what they will do moving forward, specifically Larry Jerry Sneed, uh, Bo Pete, Mike Dana, Treshawn Wharton. Yeah. And I'm having hope that Clyde can get a couple snaps in. But if he doesn't, oh well. I'm not yeah. going to be upset. I know we have capable backups to help with the load. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think Sneed's going to play lights out. I really do. I think he's he's ready, man. He's ready. I mean, he's been ready all year, but he's definitely ready right now to come out and play his best. And and I hope they. I hope Baker throws towards him. I really do, because that'd be the biggest mistake of his life. Because Snead is a beast. I mean, he's a beast. That kid is a ball hawk, and he doesn't let much by him. I mean, what was his? We put out his stats. His his uh, pass completion percentage was like nil. I mean, it was nil. Pretty good in the games yeah. he's played. <clears throat> Yeah, it was He's great. He's a stud that Veach found out of Louisiana yeah. Tech. Yep. Willie Rose, alma mater. Yep. So that shows us that, hey, man, Veach knows what he's doing. I can't wait for next year. But real quick, do you remember, and I think you probably saw it on our timeline, and we're, we're jumping a little pre-cur- pre-jumping to the future after the Super Bowl and everything. Did you see the offensive tackle out of Alabama Which that one? we put on our timeline? Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I Deontay did. Brown, he hasn't yeah. allowed a sack in three years. Yeah. Dude, if VG can get him, and we still have Lucas Knight, who's not his, who hasn't started yet, bro, we're going to have a oh, bulldozing offensive of line that know how to block. Yeah. And they're going to kick some butt and take names, man. If we can get some big guys like him, oh, man, we're yeah. for a good future. He's an animal, dude. Shout, yeah. And I just want to an shout animal. that out. And I just want to shout that out because <laughs> I know that guy, he can help us. I feel like. And hopefully he's there so Beach can take him because we're going to need a running back. Sorry, we're going to be needing off the line, man, at 32. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we and you know, we got to remember, too, that Tardif is coming back next, next year. Mm-hmm. He's already made that decision. He's coming back, which is a huge help. Um, he, and you can tell by the way this season went, he was missed. And I think if he would have been there, that would have been a huge help. But... You know, it is what it is. He did the right thing, and, and I'm, I'm commended for everything he's done. Oh, yeah. So, we, you know, we got the future so bright. I mean, honestly, it's it's phenomenal. You know, and the greatest part is, you know, I, I love Green Bay, and I lo- they're my NFC team. They always have been. And I love Aaron Rodgers. I think he's a great ball player. He's probably one of the most elite. I think he's, honestly, I think he's a better ball player than Tom Brady ever was. I think, you know, and, and I don't know anybody else's opinion. I just do. I think he's a better quarterback. He's got more foot. You know, a lot of people compare Mahomes to a young Aaron Rodgers in a lot of ways. He's better. He's better than Aaron Rodgers. Because I compare- remember seeing when... Sorry, go ahead. No, they just compare him to him by the way he, you know, his footwork and things like that. And, you know, his accuracy and his arm strength. And Aaron, he's just... He's a good ball player, dude. He's, he's crafted it over the years. And he had to sit behind... Brett Favre for three years. It's not like he got a chance right off the bat. Oh, and so, when he got in, he did not look good at all. No, his first year was rough. Yeah, 
his first year was rough, but he got better and better as it went on. And, and now he's, you know, going to be the MVP this year. I don't have any doubt in that. So some guy put on Twitter today when they were talking about Aaron Rodgers, they called him a bum. And I looked at his timeline just to see. And of course he was a, I think it was a Saints fan. And I said, I just want to know. I said, why do you call, why, why is it, why does he have to be a bum? I'm, I'm just curious. Why is he a bum? Is it because he doesn't play for your team? Because it's, he's proven time and time again that he's a good quarterback. He belongs in that elite status. So why is he a bum? No reply. That's what I irritates me is I don't like when fans will slam another great quarterback or player that's not that not only is humble to a degree, but has proven himself. And then you got fans out there that are just pissed off because he doesn't play for them. Well, that's your coach's fault. That's your owner's fault. That's not it's not Aaron Rodgers' fault because he's better than your quarterback. I'm sorry, but it's just not. And he he I think he does deserve MVP this year. He he had a hell of a year. You know, um if you go by stats and you go by everything, it's Mahomes and it's and it's Rodgers and I think Rodgers edged him a little bit. Not because of anything other than the fact that Mahomes had a rougher season given no offensive line and a lot of injuries. It just it was a different year for him, but he still went 14 and 2. You know, I mean that's amazing. And Mahomes didn't play the last game. He didn't have to. Yeah. I mean, you know? and Rodgers kind of had to. As well, he did so. have to. Yeah, it shows he had you to speak you to the team. Mm-hmm. And what we've already had, we had a division lock, locked up by like week 11. The first seat, number one seat was locked off by week 16. I mean, that's pretty good for a team, especially with all the injuries we've had. Oh, yeah. Without, you know, Marcus Spears said it today. He goes, you know, and he, he's right. He said, you know, I'm so tired of hearing how Aaron Rodgers didn't have weapons from everybody. He did more with less. He didn't. He did more with what he had, and he played with what he had. That's what makes Aaron Rodgers good, mm-hmm. is the fact that he did play with what he had, and he was able to hone it in. Granted, you know, his number one wide receiver was a huge help, but he's got the top offensive line in football. There has not been another offensive line as good as this going back to actually the Chiefs offensive line with Willie Rofe and Will Shields and all those guys back in the day. That was a lights-out offensive line. I but, say, sorry, I'm just saying, I say give each an offseason, maybe two, and we're going to have a great offensive line similar to that. We oh, get some 100%. big boys up there. Yeah, 100%. Young guys, fresh legs, and understand, and believe me, it'll be great. I mean, it, it just takes time. You know, we, we had guys under contract that, you know, probably – got paid a little too much at one point and now they're older and they're injured and it's time to move forward. It just is. I mean, I don't know what else to say. It's time to move forward. So I, nothing against Mitchell Swartz. I mean, he was a great player. Um, even Jeff, even Fisher for that matter, you know, he, as much as I've critiqued him over the years, he's had his up and downs, ups and downs, I should say. And, you know, he's been phenomenal in one game and not so great in the next. I've you never think he'll owned... be back next year? I don't. Okay. I don't think so. I don't think you're going to see Fisher or Swartz back next year. But that's just my that's just my thoughts right now. Fisher's got a better chance of coming back than Schwartz does. Um, but I think just from injury, from the injury standpoint, from what I've heard, I kind of feel like he's done um, permanently. But Oh, it's possible, man. Yeah. 
So I don't know, man. I mean, you know, give each give because I know for a fact in his mind right now, all he's looking at is offensive linemen in the first round. So he wants to pull some offensive linemen. That's what he wants. I don't blame him. I mean, he needs it. So <clears throat> we'll just see how it goes. You know, with that part of it, the draft is a long ways away, and right now I'm I'm more concerned, and just like those guys are, we're more concerned by getting past this week, and then the following week, and then finishing up this season with a Super Bowl win, and run, you know, going back to back, and hopefully we can three peat next year. Yeah, man. As that one guy said, when it was a two peat, should have been a three peat. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly yep. right. So, but real quick, man. Looking at this whole Eric Bieniemy situation with the oh, Texans, what what is that? What what are what are your thoughts on that, man? Because I'm kind of at a loss because I'm like, I'm pissed. You didn't even think about talking to him at first, and now you're doing it. Feels like out of a last ever last ditch effort. But should EB even waste his time? That just shows you no, how that franchise is dysfunctional. He should not waste his time. Here's my thought on this. First of all, they can go pound sand as far as I'm concerned you first of all they start and, and Rob and I Rob Collins and I from Fox 4 was talking about this today okay first of all you start hiring you, you're trying to hire a head coach before you have a freaking GM which is number one that tells you that the ownership is running the show Jerry Jones bullshit so that means that you got an owner that is not going to let the GM do his job and if he hires a GM before he hires a head coach. Now that they brought a GM in and the GM saying, Hey, Watson wants out of here. We don't want to lose him. So we got to interview the guy that he wants. Okay. Well, that's disrespectful to Watson because in my opinion, still to this day, I still think he could be the number two quarterback in the league. Oh, he, he will be. They are on a good team at least. Oh, hundred percent. They are the team that is year in and year out, decade and decade out have ruined players. They have notoriously ruined players and ended their careers and wasted their careers. Why the hell would be, I hope the enemy turns them down and I hope he does it for one reason only. Then Deshaun leaves and he goes to another team and then the enemy can take that team over if he wants to. You I would love to see him go to the Falcons. Yeah, that's the thing. He goes to the Falcons, trades Matt Ryan for Deshaun Watson and do some do what they have to do with the draft picks and there you go man yeah. maybe trade Julio maybe I don't know I mean a lot I'm of different for things Julio to happen. go anyway to be honest I mean it just and is I like Julio but he has he his career has been in my opinion mediocre because he yeah. hasn't been as dominant as I thought he was going to be yeah and I feel like he could have done that with a different quarterback and a different team but yeah man I think that the organization of, in Houston is ter- is very terrible and this just shows you man for all these bad teams out there what is the one common denominator? <laughs> Do you know? Because I'm going to say it. Do you know what it is? I know exactly what it is, but I'll let okay. you say it. Okay. It is the sorry owners who want yep. nothing but yes, man, coaches. Jerry Jones, you're part of the problem, too. He, he hired started Mike the problem. McCarthy only and only because Mike McCarthy is basically a yes, man, who isn't going to buck the system. Jason Garrett was the same way. Yep. I know for full-heartedly, Doug Peterson who just got fired isn't a yes man. Is it was reported he didn't want to be told what he had to do week in and week out, and he was tired of it. Well, what they he was tired of make decisions. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and what he was tired of is he was tired of making decisions that were getting overruled. Exactly. Look, if you're a let the coach coach. Yeah, if the you're a freaking coach, coach is supposed to work together. That's the point. And if you're a coach, you're a coach for a reason. You're supposed to make those decisions. If you fail making your own decisions, that's a different story. 
But if you fail because the GM or the owner doesn't allow you to make those decisions, then it's on them. So all you Texans fans out there that are pissed off, blame your fucking owner because and he's the Cowboys. problem. And the Cowboys. Blame Jerry Jones's racist ass. Oh. Blame all those fools. It's not It's not the player's fault. It's not Dak's fault. It's, it's not anybody. Why would... Okay, first of all, tell me this. And I, I'm just being honest. What running back in this league right now is worth $90 million? None. Not a damn running uh, back in this league. Yeah, there's no, I mean, there were good money, but no one's going to, fortunately, just due to you can find a good running back in the third, fourth round. Like, that's my Alan Kamara was found. Yeah, like, Kareem exactly. I mean, something like that's going to happen. But, yeah. and I, you're not wrong there. But could you imagine having a quote unquote Greg Williams there? Oh God. And he wouldn't even listen. That would be conflict every day because he didn't. Don't they won't work? It won't work. Yeah, it just it kind of. No. It just shows you that you got all these owners who want yes man coaches. You might as well be the coach, the GM, the president of operations, and everything. If you want to be like that, like Jerry Jones is doing. Well, and it like showed the, you. You're right. It's like Daniel Snyder. Other guys come and do their job. You look at Daniel Snyder. His first few years owning the Redskins, you know, come from a rich family, knew dick about football, but yet he wanted to run the show and tell the coaches how to fucking coach and how tell the tell the GMs how to GM and tell everybody how to do everything, tell the quarterback how to throw the ball, and look where it got him. Nowhere. And then he gets Alex Smith. I'm sorry, but then he gets Alex Smith and runs basically runs him too. And now he's gonna retire. I'm sorry, but he is. He's gonna retire. This is his last year. Well, the one thing I would say about the whole Daniel Snyder in Washington, you know Dwayne Haskins, they basically brought him in and they really didn't want to bring him in. It was Dan Snyder who wanted him because Dwayne Haskins is from the D.C. area. Yeah. And in his mind, oh, we're going to have a D.C. quarterback come in and help. But look, it didn't work out at all. It's because he doesn't understand how to look at character. And if he does, and if somebody does have an issue... He doesn't know how to fix it. Oh, and he doesn't allow his coaching good. He's just not good in that system. He's good well, in just that system, in my he opinion. He went to some weird league. What the hell is that league he went to? I'm not even sure, man. I really don't know before. what's going to happen there. It was, he signed with some weird league. I just don't know what it is. I, I'd never heard of it before. Some new thing. I don't know what it is. But I don't know, man. You know, that's the beauty of Andy Reid. He can take any player, for the most part, and granted, PR and all other things cause this Kareem Hunt situation and him lying. But normally, he can take any player and straighten them out. He did it with Michael Vick. He did it with Donovan McNabb. He did it with a lot of different players over the years that have had issues. He worked with T.O. for a little hell, bit. So T.O., I don't much. know how the hell you, If anybody can Andy, work with man, that just, that's, Yeah, <laughs> that shows how much of a big heart he had. I mean, yeah. geez. He takes everybody under his wing and he tries to get them to be better people. And that's the difference. And you know what? Our organization does that as well. For the most part, our team really cares about their players and they want them to do well. Yes, they do care about PR. Yes, they're probably one of the more more public relations um, minded teams in the NFL. They want to be a class act organization. I understand that. I get it. But in the same aspect, when you have an Andy Reid and a Brett Veach that can turn any player around pretty much, what does it matter who we sign? 
What does it matter? I, you know, when we signed Bell, we I heard I had people from the from the Jets and people from the Steelers. Oh well, you don't know anything about him because he didn't shit on you. Well, what did he do in the first place? Well, apparently he was unhappy originally in Pittsburgh with it wasn't so much of the money; it was the way things were ran, and it really boiled down to Ben Roethlisberger, to be honest with you. And Mike Tomlin allowed it to happen. And that was the two mistakes that went on in Pittsburgh that caused this issue. I don't blame the man for wanting to leave. I don't blame him for sitting out a year. Yeah, it boiled down to a contract, but that wasn't his whole mindset behind it. I promise you, if that would have been a different system with a different quarterback that wasn't such an arrogant prick and a head coach that had balls enough to sit there and say, you know what, Ben, this is my team. I will consider who plays and who doesn't. I will make the decisions on what goes on. Well, who's getting the last laugh in the end right now? Exactly. A.B. and Le'Veon, because they both in the next round while Big Ben and them are sitting at home. Exactly. And Mike Tomlin's wondering if he's going to have a job next year, which I don't think he will. Mm. At least with the Steelers. Well, and this just shows us that you have to have a good GM and head coach. And owner. Pairing. Yeah. Yeah. And Clark Hunt does a good job. There's things I don't agree with that he's done in the past. I'm not going to get into that. But what I like is he lets them do their job. He'll you know why he does? Easy, but he lets them do their job. But do you know why he does? Because he's why? not a coach. He's not a GM. That's why we have a vice president of operations. A lot of teams don't have that. But we do. Because Clark Hunt is not the quote-unquote football guy. He's the son of Lamar Hunt. That knew football and started football. Mm-hmm. Uh, the modern-day football, I should say. And... He's not. He knows he's not a football guy, and he's smart enough and humble enough to say, "You know what? I'm a businessman. I'm the son of a multimillionaire that got handed a football team, but I have to have the right people around me. And any smart businessman, any smart businessman, will hire someone that is better than you because it makes you look better. If you can, just because you're an owner or a GM, it doesn't make you invincible. So. And it's it, with any business. It doesn't make a difference if it's car sales or if it's, you know, a, a, a freaking check catching place. You always hire people that are just as good as you, as you, if not better. Because all that does is make you look better as a owner or, or as a GM. And that's what Clark Hunt has done. He went through some bad times. He did. I mean, we remember the 2000, was it, 12 season? Oh, man. You know, Two and 14. Two yeah. and 14. Yeah, and I don't know if the Chiefs had ever, I mean, even in the 80s, I don't know if they ever won, you know, only won two games. But um, he went through his hard times, and he finally got out of it, and he moved forward, and he found who he needed. He found the right GM, not a, you know, he thought he had the right GM with John Dorsey. He found out that was wrong because he almost went broke with him. But Dorsey's famous for that. So it's like, what does it matter? I mean, he's gone. You know, he went to the Browns, screwed them up. What did I tell you what was going to happen? You didn't use it last a year, and I was like, I don't know, man. And you were right. He didn't last a year at all. Yeah. Fired yeah. week 16. Yep. I don't even think they finished the game before his ass was fired. So the whole thing is, I and, I, and you're right. There's a hundred, There's the, I could probably name off a hundred things that I don't agree with that Clark Hunt's done over the years. But in the same aspect, he's doing the right thing now. And we're still a class act organization. And people want to play for us. That's the difference. Players want to come and play at our 
for our team. They want to play for Andy Reid. They want to play for Clark Hunt. Nobody else can say that. I don't know of any other team out there that can actually say, I got players beating down my door to come and play here. I got guys in college begging. Yeah, no hell no, they don't. I mean, we got guys in college that are probably bank. They're wearing Chiefs hats right now, hoping and praying they get drafted. That's how good our organization is compared to pretty much everything else out there in the league. I'm sorry, but it just is what it is. You got some great ones, and you got some really shitty ones. You know, Dallas. I don't even think the Browns is that great of an organization, to be honest with you. They're going to turn around, I feel well, like. Well, I don't, I don't know if it's so stuff. much. I don't, I'm not saying the players. I'm talking about the ownership. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Well, they have a, comp, a good coach now, a coach that can actually wield a team. Yeah. You know, he used to, he was with us for a while. He was? I thought he was always with the Vikings. No, he was with us for a little while. Um, okay, I didn't know that. I can't remember when. It was, well, it was a long time ago, but he was with us for a little bit. Okay. But, um,. I don't think it was during the Andy Reid era. I have to look that back up, but I remember his name, so that's why I kind of I kind of remember him being with us for. I don't remember even what his position was at the time, but anyway, uh, we uh, we're just lucky. I mean, we you know we we we've been waiting a long time for this man, a long time, and nobody's going to take our thunder away. Oh, you know, wow. you hear, no one. I mean, you can say you know you got those trolls on Twitter all the time that say Mahomes is a fraud, Mahomes is this, he's not that great, blah blah blah. You know, it's if it wasn't for those weapons, okay. You know what? There's a lot of weapons out there that don't have a quarterback that can make it. They can get the ball to them. It's that simple. You got stars all over the NFL that are stuck on shithole teams with bad quarterbacks or weak quarterbacks. I'll give you an example. Uh, Darren Waller. Darren Waller is in my opinion, going to be probably top two, three tight end in the league for a long time. And he is stuck with the Raiders and Derek Carr. For the next two years, I think. For the next two years. Unless he decides, you know what, I just don't want to play here anymore and pull some kind of shit. I don't know. But as it stands right now, you know, the first four years of 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 a player's career is... The first year is a learning curve. The second year you've learned, you're better. The third year, it's okay. You're starting to get into your prime. The fourth year, you're starting to really get into your prime. That's why when we say the Texans have run so many players' careers, that's because the first four to six years that they're there, or three to six years, I should say, they get nothing. And then by the time they're done there, they may have been injured. They may have been, they they get a bad stigma. And then they don't get any money when they, they, they go play somewhere else. Or they well, don't play should, at all. Do you think the NFL should should shorten the shorten contracts for rookie players to three years? It used to be instead three of doing years. instead of doing the four years and the one year option yeah, player option. It used to be three years with a four year option. Then they went to the four years with a fifth year, and I don't know why they did that because an NFL player's lifespan, on average, depending on your position. I'm just going to put it out there and say eight to nine years. So you're going to play four of your, basically half of your career with a team that sucks. That's not, not utilizing you and not, you know, to your full potential or any of your potential. And then you got to go somewhere else and try to figure out what to do with the next four years of your career and hope and pray you don't get injured. I mean, yeah, they should bring it back to three years with a fourth year option or a tag 
and then leave it at that. That's just how they need to do it. I think the, mm-hmm. the four-year thing is ridiculous to me. So, and I think they probably should get rid of the um, what's the oh man, what is that one? Uh, the thing they were trying to sign Lady and Bell to for one year. It's called the um, franchise tag. I That's think they I said, yeah. probably get rid. Of, yeah, they need to get rid of that as well. The only reason the franchise tag is good, and I'll tell you why, because if you have a player, just say like Chris Jones, you have a player that's really good, but you got stuck in a position like Dorsey put us in, and we don't have the money to pay him, okay? We don't have the money to sign him to that contract that year, but yet we want to keep him, and he really wants to stay. So you figure out, okay, we can play, we can put him on a franchise tag for one year and then get our finances in order. And then we can sign him to the contract that we want to sign him to. Kind of what we did with Chris Jones. It's mm-hmm. okay in that instance. But just to franchise tag somebody because, like how the Texans have done some players, well, let's just tag him because he doesn't want to be here, so let's just make him miserable. That's not what you do. The franchise tag is there so you can, whatever money you can tag him with, whatever their value is at that point, you can tag him with that money. If somebody outbids it, you have an opportunity to match it, and the player gets to stay. Well, if you don't have the money some, to pay him, then you're done, you know? Well, then sometimes you have it to where teams are just putting the player on the franchise tax so they don't have to pay him, which the Shins are trying to do a Le'Veon Bell, which I didn't think was right at all because he was worth the money because due to the reduction he was he was doing week in and week out. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And that's another team that is exactly the reason why I should say a good example of why the franchise tag doesn't work for every team. If they're going to do something, I think what they ought to do is look at these t- these teams that have blatantly used it for personal gain and not, and you know, I guess not screw the player over um, and then limit them, which would be difficult to do because you can't say, okay, well, Pittsburgh, you're, you know, you just don't like to pay people kind of like New England doesn't like to pay anybody. So we're not going to allow you any franchise tags. That's going to be hard to do. So it's just a difficult situation. You know, it's hard. I mean, the franchise tag is good for some people, but it's not great for every, every player, every team. It's just not, but I do believe, I do agree with you. They need to bring, they need to bring it back to a three year rookie contract with a fourth year option. Because there's no way someone like Jamal Adams should have to be stuck on a team like that. And basically just forced to trade out. I mean, just Sean lost. I know he's signed a new contract, but sometimes you got to have it letting out for these players where they yeah. can actually perform. Because NFL is all about making money. Well, think and about it's it in like their best this. interest. If these players don't want to be there, they should be allowed to leave. Because if they're causing, if they're not going to do stuff, then what's the point of having them there and paying and we can just ship them out? Well, you got to look at the owner too. The owner's looking at it like this. I just put a bunch of performance clauses in his contract. Okay, so he's got... Say if I sign him to a three-year contract, four-year contract, whatever it may be, and his performance contract is for the third year. And then I go ahead and third year I decide to get rid of, you know, his best wide receiver. Mm -hmm. And then he doesn't get his performance money. So I don't have to pay him that. But I got the production out of him for the first two years. And then the third year, oh, well, if he's unhappy, he's unhappy. And then we'll just find somebody else. That's the type of ownership that will never win a Super Bowl, number one, and will never have a happy fan base. It's mm. just that simple. You've got fan bases out there. I mean, I got a call. I got a DM from a guy in London today, 
He's a Browns fan. And he was telling me about, you know, how excited he was. He's been a Browns fan. You know, even though he lives in London, he's been a Browns fan his whole life. And he's very excited. He's a little scared, you know. He said, I know how hard it's going to be for us to even come close to matching with your team. But it's the whole, st- the Browns fans are so loyal to their fan base and they're so excited. I mean, who wouldn't be? The first playoff game in how many years? I mean, it's been, well, it's been oh, 2002, I think. Well, yeah, one month right? 94. Yeah, so it's going to be a long time coming. They're on the up and up. Yeah, so, I mean, I would be excited, too, if I was their fan base. You know, I would be very excited. You know, they've got Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. You know, they've got some Jarvis Landry. They've got great players. They just don't have great ownership. And I think they know that. Even that guy said it. So, it all boils down to what the owner's going to allow the rest of the team to do and if he's what i guess what bothers me and i what i've never understood about this and maybe somebody one day will clarify this for me and it goes back to carl peterson because he was the same way he was famous for putting asses in the seats but he would always bring in these relics of players that couldn't get us to the show it couldn't bring us to where we needed to be we had the defense back then to do it we didn't have the offense okay Something always always failed us during that time frame. And it was usually because of older players that couldn't really hack it. And the way the game was for us anyway, you know, Marty Ball 2.0, seriously. I mean, it was like run, 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 run again. So Carl Peterson was famous. He was like the, like the king of putting asses in the seats because he would bring big name players in that were honestly washed up. I mean, when I say washed up, they could still play, but they weren't. They're their, not what they They were a shell were. of their former selves. I mean, I'll put it that way. So, as long as that continues, it's with other teams, it's going to be a problem. And owners are eccentric to a degree. A lot of them, Daniel Snyder, arrogant little prick that got his daddy's money. Um, <clears throat> and just decided he was going to treat everybody like shit, which he did for years. Probably still does. I mean, they just got in trouble for sex and drug parties and everything else mm-hmm. that they did. Yep. So, and then you got the Texans again, shitty team, shitty organization, great player that's getting shit on. It is what it is. They set him up for failure. Then when he goes to another team, the good thing about it is, I think the great thing about with Deshaun Watson is that if any coach out there in this league doesn't see his potential and hasn't seen what he can do, he sh- they shouldn't be a head coach. They should not be coaching football because that kid is elite in every way. He's 25 years old. He's elite in every way when it comes to the game. Mm-hmm. He needs some help. He needs a coaching staff that cares about him, an ownership that cares about him, and let him play his game. Because he's going to be... That's exactly. That's the team. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. Sorry, I didn't mean to go on a rant, but that's... Oh, no, you're good. I mean, you got to point me. Like, a player like Deshaun Watson, if they don't see what he has, and if they're not going to cheer him, he doesn't deserve to be there. I mean, he deserves one team that's going to do the right thing. Because too many times we've seen players waste their careers on bad teams. 
Example, the whole Detroit Lions have wasted Matthew Stafford, Calvin mm. Johnson, Barry Sanders, and probably countless others. The only player I've seen actually get out was Ndonikin Sue. Yeah. He's the only player I've seen. And maybe he's been able to force his weight kind of out because of some of the stuff he's done in the past on the football field that's causing it fine and stuff. But he's the only player I've seen good that's been just, just been able to be successful anywhere else. But yeah. like player like Calvin Johnson, man, he should have been on another team. But yeah, he stayed there. And it sucks because players like him and Barry Sanders gave them gave that organization Every- their all. And when they yeah. retired, decided to retire early, they didn't want to they decided to, you're not going to get the rest of your money at the return. If they did that, but then that's when you have to where they're not going to come back and see see you guys. I mean, yeah. unfortunately, you reap what you sow. When you're not yeah. going to treat the players right, they're going to retire sometimes because they can't get out of it. Exactly. So, I mean, it's just going it's, to, it's, it's, it's a sad situation when it comes to that. It's happened in a lot of sports. It's not just the NFL. It's happened in Major League Baseball, too. You know, baseball was such a weird times especially i mean it's gone back years i mean the yankees have been they've won more world series than anybody mm-hmm. and they've but they've always had more money than everybody else i mean you know when base baseball they can sign you to a freaking billion dollar contract and nobody cares if you've got the money they sign you it's that simple we've seen all these contracts that have come out I and mean, look at the money that a rod made playing for the yankees do you think he's going to leave that there's not a lot of big market teams out there that can pay that kind of money. Exactly. So, you know, the cap, you know, that they put in football was a smart idea to a degree. Um, they had to limit just simply because of how the cap has been there for, you know, as long as I can remember. But mm-hmm. they have to limit what, you know, it, it also it kind of goes back to what they did with the college draft picks. And I remember college draft picks getting like $12, $15 million signing bonuses, some Ooh. of them bigger. And you take a kid that came from nothing, that didn't know anything but misery and heartache his whole childhood, watching his mom not make any money. Some of them came from families that you know were drug addicts, that they lived in horrible situations. But yet they came out and they went to college on a scholarship. They got their, you know, they, they were great at football. And then you hand them $12 million when they had 12 bucks in their pocket. What do you think they're going to do? Hmm. Andre Ryzen, great example. Came from a gang family. His brothers were in a gang the day he was still playing for the Chiefs. He blew every dollar he had. He gave it all to his gang member brothers. And well, you know, interesting, and I don't mean to interrupt, but he was actually on like a ESPN documentary where it's talking about players losing their money. He was on there actually talking about that yeah. and how he was saying that he basically, yeah, he spent all his money. He did. saving it. He blew it. He was writing bad checks, dude. I mean, I knew the owner of the jewelry store in Kansas City. He blew, he wrote a check to them for, I think he owed him like, I want to say it was $600,000 for jewelry. Oh, wow. And Al Davis bailed him out of that. Somebody else I knew, I'm not going to mention her name right now, he borrowed $200,000 from her while he's still playing for the Chiefs to build a recording studio in his basement in Leawood, Kansas. And he never paid her back. She had to sue him. Al Davis bailed him out of that one. And then he goes to the Raiders, and Mm -hmm. I think he played two years, and then he was done. So you can't 
if you don't have somebody that is going to help these people with their money and help them the right way, I'm not talking about these shady ass agents, but somebody that's that if I was an owner of a football team, I would have somebody on staff that you can trust that, you know, is going to help these players mentally and financially to be Mm -hmm. stable the rest of their lives because they're making enough money no matter when it was. You make enough money for your grandkids to be millionaires if you do yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Like so, we've seen many players do. They make yeah. their money work for them. Yeah. I mean, as dumb as Rob Gronkowski is, thank God for his mother, he did not spend one single dollar of his NFL money. Every dollar he spent was off endorsements. That was it. Every dollar he made, every year he played, was stashed away. And all he lived on was endorsements. That was his mother doing that for him, of course. But that's the way you do it. That's how you have to do it. Because if you don't, you're going to blow every dollar. It's that simple. I mean, it's not easy. It's it's easier for people to make a couple hundred thousand dollars a year to think they're rich. You're not. Because if you blow 10 grand a month on stupid shit, it's going to disappear. What do you got in the bank? Nothing. You know? I don't know. I think that's something they ought to implement. I think they ought yeah. to have somebody on staff. I think that can they help have something kids. now, but yeah, they should have something on every team. It yeah. will help. It helps all the players in the long run too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not 100%. wrong there. Because you never know when it's going to end, man. You never know. Christian Okoye never dreamed in a million years he'd be done in six years. Okay, he never draw. Never thought that. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know Christian was smart and and did what he needed to do to keep his money, but. It was still the fact he wasn't making $8 million a year. You know, he wasn't making that kind of money back then. I mean, look at Chark mm-hmm. You know, look at his last year's contract with the Chiefs. Somebody gave him a bunch of shit about all the money he had. His last year contract, he made $640,000. Wow. For just a few games. Wow. For a few, Yeah. But, I mean, that's pennies compared to what other players make. And in my opinion, he always knew how to find the end zone classic guy brought the morale of the team up all the time and was just all around a good person but mm-hmm. yet for some reason there was there was something there that some somebody didn't see and just didn't pay him you know they didn't pay him the money he deserved so but he's he's doing okay for himself yeah you know he was smart with his money and he's doing okay you know driving a Bentley it's not bad. That's true. So when you do your money right, you can do that. <laughs> that's right. So he's he's doing okay for himself. But yeah. there's other players out there that didn't. You know, Andre's a good example. So I hope they uh, I hope they figure that out pretty soon because it's going to have to help. You know, they're going to have to and, and all the teams they should the NFL should implement that every player has financial and mental stability throughout their career. Mm. That's just my opinion. So, but I hope EB, I'm going to go back to this. I hope he turns that job down. He doesn't deserve to be there. He's not going to oh, get what he p- deserves. He, p- he could because you go to the basis. I don't know if you have to keep the shot or not. This organization has showed, you know, we know we're jumping around, but this organization has showed us that they can make any decisions without people. They'll say one thing. They'll do the next other thing. I mean, that's exactly. pretty obvious. Yeah. And they should have let Deshaun Watson have some input on that, on the GM mm-hmm. and the head coach. 
Future and, franchise QB. Yeah. And they gave him absolutely nothing. They get, yeah. you know, they they gave him nothing. They said, "Well, That's not your decision." Messed up. Yeah. Messed up. It is. Okay, man. Well, let's throw out our predictions. All right. Well, earlier I'm, I said I think I'm still going to say it now, but I believe the Chiefs are going to win 32 to 21. That's my prediction moving into the game. Well, I think I originally said, if I remember right, 35-17, and I'm going to stick with that. Okay. So, we'll uh, we'll see how it turns out, man. Um, but yeah, uh, with that being said, oh, again, I'm going to make this mention one more time. Please, Chiefs Kingdom, stop arguing with everybody. Twitter is on a rampage right now. They're suspending people for saying poop. So please, just chill out with the arguments. Let the players prove your point. You don't need to. You can talk, you can have a discussion, but when you get into the arguments and start calling people names, you're going to get suspended. And it just is what it is. One of my guys that followed me and I followed him back for years, um, he just came back after a year of suspension. Oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, we're not going to say a name, but I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. So, it's just... You know, it's pointless. You're arguing with a phone or a computer. You know, you don't know who's behind it. And half the, you know, they got bots. They got all this crap on Twitter now that, you know, you don't even know if you're even arguing with a person. Half the time you're arguing with 13-year-old kids. That's what nobody understands. A lot of them are kids behind that keyboard. With that being said, I'd say this was uh, time to wrap it up. What do you think? Yeah, man. Yeah, you're right. I just want to say one thing. I just say, hey, guys, thank you for listening to the show. Please continue to listen. As uh, JP and I stated, we're trying to do three shows every week. And this is the first, sorry, this is the first one we have so far. So look for Thursday. We're going to have another one. Hopefully, we're trying to get a special guest on. If not, we'll be doing a regular show. And I also just want to say thank you guys for participating in the giveaways. We'll yes. be continuing to do those. Thank you. Yes, definitely. We've got another one coming up pretty soon. And, uh, we appreciate all your support and keep following, keep, keep listening and, uh, keep enjoying everything we're trying to bring you. Mm-hmm. All right. Chiefs kingdom. Peace out. Thank you. Chiefs kingdom. God bless.